Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. I'm so so excited for our guest today. I've done so much in dentistry. Can't wait for y'all to meet him. Um, Always a a pleasure, and uh, we're always grateful when we have a dentist on the program. Um, Ravi, Dr. Ravi Patel, say hello to everyone. How you doing, everybody? Hey, it's so, like I said, it's great to have you here. Thanks for your time. We appreciate it. I'm sure our audience will, too. Um, let's jump right into the, the episode. Tell me, how did you become a dentist? What made you become a dentist? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I was a biology major in undergrad. Um, I, I always enjoyed working with my hands. And as a bio major, you, you have a few options. You know, you're kind of limited on uh, what kind of professional career you can do. You know, physician, optometrist. You can go into pharmacy or dentistry, and dentistry just sort of appealed to me. I had a couple decent mentors growing up as a kid. Um, dentist that I just went to myself that uh, that guided me along, pushed me along that path, and that's what led me to it. Um, so I went to school uh, at Nova Southeastern University in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I grew up in Indiana, so the weather was a lot nicer down there. Yeah, um, yeah. Did that. Uh, my roommate in dental school, who's, uh, who's my best friend, actually ended up becoming my business partner. Um, here in Georgia, where we now uh, both practice and manage our, our dental organization. Okay, yeah. So, how did let's talk about this? So, first of all, how long have you been? Uh, how long have you been a dentist? So, I graduated in 2013, so that makes it uh, eight-ish years. Yep, eight-ish years. And now you've moved from just practicing to actually running a, a much bigger business than just a single practice. Kind of talk to me about that journey. How did you get to, you know, from your first practice to where you're at now? Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a cool story. So uh, my, my business partner, who's my best friend, right? Um, we both ended up in Georgia. Uh, we had a, a healthy chunk of uh, student loan debt. You know, no business, not cheap. No dental school really is. So you're looking, you know, between three hundred and fifty and $450,000 when you walk out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we both ended up working for corporations, uh, you know, DSOs when we exited. And we quickly realized that this probably is not going to be the, the most efficient way to pay off our our student debt. So we, uh, we were looking for something, you know, more, um, to, to, to help, you know, get us, get us income to, to pay off our loans. So, uh, private practice, uh, became appealing. Um, he, uh, he bought his private practice first and he bought the, uh, worst dental location you can possibly think of in, in the worst area of town, but uh, we didn't know any better at the time, right? We were naive and young. So he ended up uh, taking that location. You know, we learned a lot from the mistakes that we had made um, with that single practice and grew it into a successful business. Um, I bought mine shortly after he bought his and did the same thing. You know, it wasn't exactly the best buy, but uh, through trial and error, we learned a lot of things and, and we grew that to, to become a successful practice. And, and then we just started acquiring uh, offices on our own um, once uh, once we got the systems and, and operations in place. So uh, we were practicing, you know, four and a half, five days a week at the beginning. Um, and then we realized, you know, yeah, this will generate income, but our bodies are going to fall apart if we don't change something. Um, so we, uh, we started, you know, getting more efficient with our time, getting smarter with our time, and then eventually um, multiplying that by, by acquiring businesses and then managing those instead of just, you know, being in the chair every single day, every single week. Sure. So tell me, how many locations do you have now? We're at five total. Five total. Yeah. So, so you, um, some people would think t- five times the pain uh, or the pain of one practice, but it can be very different than that. Right. 
Say that again. Five times. It, it be, like some people would think, hey, you know, if I, if you get if you get one practice and you're it's hard, you're struggling, you know, it's a lot of work. It's you know, you have to be an adult, right? You have to go through what business owners have to do. Some people think, hey, having five practice it would be five times that pain, but it's it's actually the opposite of that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it can be, right? Don't get me wrong. Um, if you buy five businesses and you don't manage and operate them properly, well, it is five times the pain, right? It's five times the headache of everything involved with running a single operation. Um, you know, before before we jumped into, you know, buying additional practices, um, we just looked at the industry, you know, the main players um, that were out there. We had both worked for corporations prior to jumping into private practice. So they do things very, very well, whether we like it or not. They're really, really good at what they do. Um, so we took the systems that, that they utilized and, you know, created our own at the end of the day. And that's what's allowed us to scale is, uh, is that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's a, a big need for them, actually. They wouldn't exist if there wasn't a need for them, right? These big organizations. Um, so I, you, I know you're out and about. You do a lot of CE. You're across the country. Um, I know you just mentioned you were here in, in, in my town in Denver not too long ago. Um, what are some of the biggest problems that you see dentists facing today? What is some of the, you know, the common things that, you know, dentists who are just getting started are asking you about and talking to you about? Yeah. So the, the biggest challenge I would t- I would say is, uh, you know, staffing your offices. Um, there's a staff shortage a- across the board, you know, front office is hard to find. Dental assistants are tough. Dental hygienists are, are, are you know, unicorns at this point, if you can get one in your office at a reasonable rate. So staffing is, is becoming the biggest challenge. And as a result of that, there's a lot of stress that's put on the business owner, which is typically the dentist. And then, you know, you combine that and it leads to burnout really, really quickly. So um, that's that's probably the biggest, uh, biggest concern that I hear. Yeah. So what's the solution to it? Right. And by the way, I want to say I hear the same thing. Right. I hear it all the time. Um, I know a lot of people are saying it's, hey, it's preventing growth of their practice or it's making, you know, they're having to turn away patients or, you know, they're, you know, the, uh, so many different issues. What are some of the truths and the myths to why um, there's staffing issues? Um, you know, what are some of the myths that are out there? And then and then what are some of the truths that, that that's going on today? Yeah. So, I mean, staffing issues is no question. It's real. You know, it's there. Um, it, it's how, how we choose to deal with it that makes the difference. Right. So. Um, our our organization, organization actually grew during COVID and then, you know, post uh, post COVID, let's say. So 2019, I'll just throw out some some basic numbers. We were, you know, doing about four and a half million. Um, during 2020, we did about the same, you know, even with the shutdowns and closures and all that stuff. And then 2021, we ended up growing by a couple million. So we ended up at six and a half um, across the organization with less staff, you know, less time, less patience and all that stuff. When we created this group, um, Depeche and I, my business partner, we, uh, you know, it was initially just for us. So we were working the crazy hours, you know, the early mornings, late nights, weekends, all that stuff to get our businesses off the ground. We quickly realized that we can't do this forever. So we ended up creating these uh, these businesses that were that were just centered around keeping he and I happy. So our hours are our, our standard hours, you know, eight to five, um, Monday through Thursday. We work a couple Fridays a month, um, but they're half days. So eight to one or two p.m. is really what we do. That allows the dentist to like not burn out and uh, and keep practicing. And also, it's it's good for your staff. You know, they need time to 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 handle whatever they need to. So, um, you know, that's just one of the little things that we did to like try and try and make work not so bad and and make it bearable. At the end of the day, you spend most of your time there, so you might as well have fun while you're at it. Um, you know, so the hours are reasonable. Um, that helps a lot. <clears throat> as far as what we did to grow, you know, 
we we tried to replace the need for for human beings um, as much as we could. You know, and, and it sounds bad, but it's it's we still need these staff members, right? But how can we make their jobs easier so that they're not burning out and they're not leaving and they don't jump to the next practice for another dollar? You know, because people are paying whatever they have to pay. Um, to keep their businesses moving. <clears throat> so f- from the operations standpoint, I'm the COO of our group. Um, I'll just list out some some simple things that we did, you know. So every operatory has a has an isolator or dry shield in it. So that allows the doctor to work solo if they have to. You know, it's not the most uh, comfortable thing in the world to do, but when COVID hit, uh, you definitely appreciated that. You know, if staff members were not there, at least you could protect your paycheck to some degree. Um, you could do some billings, crowns, and your basic procedures to keep things moving along. Um, you know, curing lights that are that are really efficient, um, that cure in a few seconds, we have those, you know, three-second, four-second cures, um, and every operatory has one. So it, it makes it doable, you know, if you're working solo or if your assistant is there and they're working out of a couple of rooms, they're not sitting there curing for, for you know, a minute at a time or whatever for, for, for a procedure. Um, so we, we were literally just trying to shave seconds off of, uh, of procedures that we do. Um, from an operatory standpoint, hygiene became a concern. Hygienists were not available and they still aren't today. Um, we stuck in cavitrons in every single operatory so that the doctor while doing a filling could also take care of the patient's cleaning. It's a win-win doctor Mm -hmm. gets to produce patient gets their cleaning, gets some treatment done. And then the cycle just keeps going. We focus pretty heavily on same day care. We try and at least make that an option for our patients. Um, should they want to do it? So in order to make that happen um, during the pandemic, you know, the less interaction they had with multiple staff members, the better, the less movement that took place, the better, you know, the less walking up to the front to figure out what that filling costs or whatever. Um, we tried to keep every single aspect of the appointment within the operatory. So that included putting uh, credit card swipers in every room. So point of sale payment um, uh, took place inside the operatory. Uh, the filling was done, you know, patient leaves, they could run out of the door should they choose to, they don't have to stop anywhere and they can just exit. Um, you know, that requires a lot of work on the front end to make sure that the benefits are verified properly and all that stuff. But we started utilizing vendors outside the country, um, you know, folks that will do these things uh, at a reasonable cost and do them accurately and efficiently, which allows us to present treatment properly. And then everything just sort of trickles in right after that. And so the dentist in your practices is, is presenting treatment, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we'll do it because um, with the system that we run and the verification that takes place on the front end, um, whether the dentist says it costs $75 or the front office says it costs 75 or the DA says that it costs 75 if it's wrong, all of us are going to say it wrong. Um, it's, it's not going to make a difference. But if it's correct, which, you know, which we try and do, of course, um, then everybody's going to be correct. So it really doesn't matter who says, you know, what it costs. Um, sure. So that's why our dentists, you know, nobody likes doing that at the beginning. It was uncomfortable. I didn't like doing it either. Um, but but after a while, it just it, it becomes just reading a number off the screen. This is what it is. If you'd like to get it done today, Mrs. Smith, we can make it happen You know, yeah. right now. What about using technology? What type of technology have you utilized to help um, fill the gaps of uh, absent employees? Yeah, so we try and leverage tech as much as we can. You know, we've got digital scanners in every single location. Some have multiple, two or three. Um, so if, if we can go digital on something, we, we always try to. I mean, we're in the process now trying to go paperless. Um, so there's less stuff to scan, you know, less people needed and required to do that kind of thing. Intraoral cameras are in every single op. We talked about the isolated dry shields in every op, you know, uh, fast curing lights in every op. Um, you know, anything that we can do to, to, to shave seconds off of uh, – 
uh, treatment times will, will always utilize. You know, the cabotrons being in every single operatory instead of just the two or three hygiene ops, that makes a big difference. That means you can do any procedure in any room at any time. You know, there are no dedicated ops any longer. Yeah, makes sense. Um, let me ask you this question. The, um, you know, we always like to give our audience something that they can do today. Like what's, you know, something that they can put into practice today and right? some technology things that take some time, equipment kind of takes some time. What are a couple of things that you think they can do today? Um, you know, if they're listening on their way to work, what can they implement to, to help? Yeah. I mean, one of the most, one of the, the easiest things to do. Um, and one of the biggest complaints that we have, are, I can't find a hygienist. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's across the board. Um, doesn't matter what state you're in. Uh, you, you can't find hygiene. So, one of the easiest things to do is go to your your big box dental suppliers, Henry Schein, Patterson, you know, Darby, Benko. They all have their in-house uh, Cavitron, you know, and it's a few hundred dollars, not a few thousand dollars. So you can pick these up <clears throat> for, you know, relatively cheap. They come with warranties. Hook them up, get them in your operatory so that at least you're able to, to, to perform the, the the preventative procedures inside the op um, that will at least keep your practice going. If, if a hygienist calls out sick, you don't have one, whatever you have, you know, you have one, whatever it may be, as long as you can get your patients through the door. Um, and if there's a dentist there that's willing to, to do the cleaning, they'll be happy to see that patient um, for their recare visit. Uh, it gives them a chance to diagnose something. Um, and if there's a filling or whatever that needs to be done, you know, they can treatment plan that, you know, get the patient to accept it. And between anesthesia and starting the procedure, there's there's time there, right? You can use that time to get the uh, the recare visit taken care of it as well. So, you know, that that dentist doesn't want to do recare because it, it's a hundred dollar appointment. And, you know, their, their time's way more valuable than that. But, you know, if you got nothing else to do, that, that recare visit has got a lot of potential. You know, there's there's treatment that's there that's undiagnosed or, or just needs to be completed. So it gives the, uh, the dentist the opportunity to at least get it done. Yeah. Um, Dr. Patel, you know, one of uh, one of our listeners has a has an office and is thinking they want to go to two or three or four. They want to start building an organization or align with an organization um, like yours. What are a couple of steps you think they should take? Read as many books about business as you can prior to taking that leap. Um, you know, it's uh, you can do it solo. A lot of folks have. It's a, it's really nice to have a, a team um, before you start, you know, taking on that type of endeavor. For me, I got lucky. My best friend is my is my CEO. He's my business partner, and then we uh, created a management team with our other friends because we couldn't afford to pay anybody when we first started. You know, we were sure. like, "Hey, if this works out, um, you know, we'll we'll eventually, uh, you know, see the financial gain. If it doesn't, we'll still be friends at the end of the day." You know, um, but if you have to create your own team, um, you first have to know what responsibilities and, and tasks those team members are, are going to be responsible for so that you can hold them accountable. So again, most of that knowledge just came from reading. Um, and there are tons and tons of uh, dental books, business books available. You know, you can just search top 50 business books to read. And I don't know, 40 of those are probably going to be really valuable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to thank you so much for being here. I want to have you come back on the, the program. There's a couple other topics I'd love to have you to talk about here in the, in the, in the near future. Um, but I want to encourage our audience to check out your website, blueprintsmiles.com. Um, you've done a great job putting that together, by the way, and the way that you've built the hierarchy for what you're doing is fantastic. So Dr. Patel, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. 
We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.